everybody. Welcome to GSC Friday. I'm your host, Dean Sage. Um, I've got another round of amazing co-hosts here today, and we're just going to get started off by introducing them before we start talking about Kesha and Drag Race and uh, coming out and prep and a whole bunch of other fun things. Uh, but I've got uh, Dakota Wolf with me, which I think most of the viewers of the podcast should remember him from the uh, music video that we shot with Mickey Taylor. Uh, if you didn't recognize the extra pair of hands, that was Dakota. Dakota, is that your one big claim to fame, or do you use your body parts for other things as well? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you should know that I use some body parts more than others as well. <laughs> Brennan was actually just telling me uh, earlier about his salad tossing ability. We'll get to that in a second. Oh. <laughs> So, but uh, just, you know, give us, give us a little quick 30 second rundown. Where might we have seen you before? What are you currently famous for? And what will you be famous for in the future? Um, currently famous, um, probably just for my work in the adult entertainment industry. Um, I've worked with a number of studios like um, Naked Sword, Falcon, um, well, and speaking of speaking of Mickey Taylor, I think the one of the last things that we saw you in was uh, some some summer scenes with him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for Summer of Sweat with Mickey Taylor. Um, really, those were some amazing pictures, by the way. Was, was that Mr. Pam that took those? Yes, it was. And a funny story is she entered one of them into a contest back in her hometown, and she actually ended up winning second place. So one of the wow. pictures, yeah, one of the well, pictures I mean, it was. Of, it, she should have, because those were pretty amazing. If you haven't seen them, I'll try to put some links in the show notes for you, um, so you can go check those out. Uh, they were even the safe for work ones were quite gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to take pictures in daylight, and uh, especially like glaring beach daylight. So it was good stuff. Um, well, sitting actually next to me for the first time in the studio, I usually don't have anybody in the studio, so I'm getting judged in side yeah. looks. But I've got <laughs> I've got Brendan John with me now. Brendan, um, aside from being able to toss salad, what are you known for? Like, what's your thing? Um, I do YouTube a little bit. Um, I modeled for Taddy Boy Clothing, and I sing just a just a little bit. Came out with a song last year. And uh, actually, if you you've probably seen that in the feeds, uh, the the other person who kind of looks like me uh, did the lyrics video for that, and that actually featured um, uh, someone else that's been kind of in and around the uh, the adult entertainment industry. And of course, Brendan was also in the dirty video. So I've got like the dirty connection tonight. So if my mind goes dirty, you know why? Cause it's, it's, that's what happened. But I think that there's still some black paint behind my ear. Yeah. There, yeah. You never know. There's probably still, some. Uh, I think Dakota, you got off light. You were the only one that didn't have to get completely covered in black paint. It was just, yeah, hands. exactly. But you were on the floor making all the dirty comments. I have some of them possibly for the outtakes <laughs> years from now, when we want to embarrass Mickey, we'll pull them out again. I oh, know we still have, some of the dirty comments are even on the YouTube video. Oh, that's right. Yes, there was a YouTube yes. video. And actually, uh, Dakota's on the YouTube video as well. Mm-hmm. Dakota, you were like the ghost of that shoot. Yes, I was. Yep. I was. Did you get Did you get paid with drinks afterward? Is that what happened? No. I didn't get paid with anything. You didn't even take your offer drinks? No, because he had, he well, had stuff that he had to do. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, Mickey was on last week. Next time he's on, we'll give him a hard time for (laughs) not taking you out for drinks. So there's been a lot of things going on in the world. And unfortunately, we have to start with sort of the sad thing. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of sad things, but the whole court decision with Kesha now, um, I know Brendan follows Kesha and, but Dakota, are are you like a fan of hers? Do you kind of know what's going on with her? Like, what's your, what's your whole take on her situation? Um, The majority of her music, um, I like, um, I have noticed that there's been a lot of support and I love all of the support 
um, that she's been getting because honestly, the whole situation is crap. Yeah. Okay. So we're, I think we're, we're kind of all on the same page in case you just did not know this. So it's important to note that this decision is not like a final decision. And I've seen a lot of people trying to parse things apart. So I'm going to give like the very shortest rundown. So what's happening right now is a contract dispute. The issue of whether or not Dr. Luke is guilty or not guilty, it doesn't actually come into this. What happened is Kesha went to court and asked for her contract to be broken and she used the accusations as part of the grounds, but it was not the only grounds that she used in the case. Um, so the decision that came down was that the contract was, quote, too heavily negotiated in order to be uh, broken at this time, which is basically the judge saying, uh, I want to uh, not handle this. So it's it's unfortunate for that to have happened. And I know a lot of people have had the hashtag Sony supports rape. Um, but I think that, you know, the, the issue here is, where do you like where do you as a business come down to make sure that you are providing a safe environment? And I know that Dakota and I have kind of thoughts on that. We'll go to him in a second. But Brendan, like where do you kind of see this all coming out on? When when does a company have to stand up and say, you know what, we don't need to go to court in order to figure out that well, maybe something needs to change? It wasn't just about the rape charges. It was also about uh him also just verbally verbally abusing her throughout right. her entire hostile career. work environment, I think yeah. would be a good way to say it. Um, well, something should have been done to begin with, uh, if she had, if she had brought it up to anyone higher up, I'm not sure if she did, uh, but if other people have even seen him making snide comments to her or something else and saw her basically break down, something should have happened to begin with, maybe getting her someone else to work with early on. Yeah, just if there's a mismatch with your production team, maybe changing the production team. Uh, Dakota, I mean, I know that the the industry that, that we both work in from time to time is fraught with all sorts of crazy shits, and we could go on about that. But, I mean, do you think that there's a place where the business has a responsibility to kind of step back and say, mm, we don't really need to know the difference here. Maybe we should fix this. Maybe we should change this. I mean, I think it's good for a studio to help and properly represent their client. Um, Unfortunately, it's because of the contractual problem that is going on that it has nothing to do with the rape, and it all goes back to the contract. So they can't really do anything because of the contract, which is very unfortunate. And and I I you know I I can't get into all that because obviously I'm not Sony I'm not the business people but I mean my own personal take is that if you have an employee any employee who says hey this is a bad situation this is not working I feel like it is a responsibility for a company to try to alleviate that like they cannot break the contract and still have a work with another producer and I think that even she and all her fans would appreciate that Absolutely. I mean Dakota have you ever had a chance a time where you had to go to a director or go to a producer and and say you know what I can't work with this environment? Absolutely. Um, think that I think that it wasn't taken care of. Like, first of all, it was, she allowed it to continue to happen. And then finally she spoke up about it. Um, I don't know if that's really what happened, but I feel like that's, well, I think we should, I think we should just t pause there. Like it's obviously not the person's responsibility to, you know, to uh, take care of a situation, a bad situation. And, you know, it's very hard to report, but, you know, it's the timing of that. I think, Brendan, you were going to say something. Oh, uh, it was that Sony actually, I followed this kind of heavily. Um, Sony actually did offer to have her switch to a different producer. Her th 
her thing was and her lawyer's thing was she doesn't want to work for a company that apparently they hid the fact that oh. he was verbally abusing her. And there have been other accusations. It's a it's a complicated process and all that kind of stuff. Dakota, I'll give you the last word on this. Like, um, you know, we both know guys that have been abused and used by directors and producers out there. Um, if you could give advice to people that are maybe going through this or see someone going through this, what do you think they should or could do to help themselves or someone else that they see? The very first thing is speak up. Um, use your voice, um, acknowledge that it's happening and try to stop it from happening um, any way that you can. I think that's excellent advice. And that's something that, you know, we should all do. And, um, uh, you know, it's important. Your voice is important. And that's like the the thing that all these kind of things take away. So while, um, you know, there is a lot to be decided in this case and a lot of things that have to be done and we can all feel for what Kesha is going through. I think it's an equally important message that we all have voices and we need to use them, I think. Um, but I, we need to we need to change the pace up a little bit. Um, and we're going to go on to uh, another topic, which I think can be kind of funny and fun, but also horrible at the same time. Um, and that is that apparently Indonesia um, has banned men being feminine. Um, I'm going to read you the list, and I, I wish that this was not actual truth. I wish this was comedy writing. Uh, but here's what's been banned. Uh, men wearing feminine fashion, men wearing feminine makeup, feminine body language exhibited by men, including but not limited to walking style, sitting style, hand gestures, and other behaviors. Men speaking in a feminine way, depicting justifications or promoting that men can behave effeminately, depicting a man greeting another man in ways that are supposed to be for women, and depicting tech terminologies and colloquial terms that are often used by effeminate males. Uh, so how exactly are they going to follow up with all of these rules? Uh, are, are there literally going to be police just for the simple fact of watching the way that someone walks, watching the way that someone is like talking? This is, yeah, this is kind of crazy. And we actually do have podcast listeners from all over the world, which is one of the reasons that we kind of cover these things. I know that, you know, we talk about the gays in Russia a lot and we talk about obviously some of the horrible things that are going on in the Middle East, but it's it's kind of scary and frightening, but also like gallows humor, hilarious. Maybe we can kind of help our, our listeners out here. Um, like, what does it mean to sit femininely? Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious what you what you would interpret that as yourself. Like, can you only cross at the at the ankles or can you cross or any crossing? Do you think for sanity's sake, we should just like spread our legs or something? <laughs> just, um, just spread eagle all well, the time. When I think of a guy sitting down, like I think of the way my dad would read the paper. It's not like crossing your legs. It's more of uh, you kind of place the one leg's ankle on the other leg's knee. That's like a guy oh, with his okay. legs crossed. But if a woman does it, it's right at the knee, very close together or at the ankle. But either way, literally the way that I'm sitting right now is my ankles are crossed. So I would be getting a fine or put in jail right now. Probably the way that I'm talking well, right now. That was my other jail. thing. Like, and, and this is actually, this is a broader question because I think that a lot of um things that go on in the gay world, like you have the no fems thing. Um, Dakota, like, I, I think, I mean, I think at times all three of us happen to speak effeminately and not necessarily by, because we're trying to articulate something. Like, what do you think the preoccupation with like masculine talking is? What, what even is that? Um, I think there's more so a push for masculinity in our society and community nowadays. I mean, because on all the, hookup apps and sites, you know, you see mask for mask or 
not into femmes or, you know, this or that. And I don't think that's right because it's basically making people not be who they are and change themselves just so they can get a hookup out of it. See, well, I guess this might be because I'm not on any hookup app or stuff, but from what I've seen, um, at least in Philly, um, I wear makeup. I might be a little effeminate and I've never been like talking down to because of it. I've never been really like made fun of because of it. Um, the guys that I've dated have never said anything bad about it. The one guy was like, you know what? You should be proud that you look great in makeup and stuff like that. Uh, do you and think even on like the area in question, like where you live, like Dakota, cause you've been in the big city and now you're kind of in the small town. Do you see a difference in sort of this sort of reaction to, and pushes? I mean, especially in New York, it, it doesn't matter either way, but some of the guys you go up to, or you try to talk to like the big muscly, hairy bears or daddies, some of those guys that you talk to, they won't even acknowledge you're there because of the sound of your voice or what you're wearing or mm-hmm. how small in size you are. Um, I guess I think really it is a, a, a big, I think it is a big issue in our community um, because we should really be supporting of one another and Amen. not attacking each other um, and not being so negative to one yeah. another. No, I, I, that's, that's right on. I got to second that, uh, you, you know, the, the biggest the problem and the reason that this podcast exists is because when I started, um, looking at the erotica industry and, and the, the male, male romance industry, I saw way too much fraction. I saw way too many bad stereotypes and I saw way too many books about porn stars that were just completely wrong. Um, and <laughs> books about gay sex. that was like, um, that's just, no, you, you can't, you can't do that. Um, so I, yeah. I like the idea that, you know, the podcast in particular spreads the truth in a way, but also brings things together and makes it so that we're all human. We're all gradations and we're all complete and whole. And speaking of being complete and whole and gradations, um, Brendan brought up fetishes. And I, <laughs> I think that, that that's, a, that's actually a great way to kind of round out the show. Cause we've been talking about Wait, desire. The, the sainted, the sainted angel is bringing up fetishes. I know. Oh. I know. It's surprising. His, his glow and his halo is, it's kind of overpowering, but um, um, I, I do hear he might have some fetishes. So maybe we'll, we'll peek at those in a second, but the, 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 you know, what we've been talking about is the idea of, of individuality and expression and, you know, the things that go into things. And, and one of the things that we almost never talk about societally is the fact that everybody has a fetish. I mean, that's why there's thousands of porn sites with thousands of different angles to them. Um, but actually, Queerty posted a great article, except for one point. Queerty, we'll talk about that later. Um, but the uh, they actually gave a guide for how to get into your fetish. So here's what they said. Um, they said that the first thing you should do is you should assess your fetish and make sure that it's healthy. And by healthy, that meant adds to your sexuality. I'll also add that, you know, please make sure that you don't like lose body parts or, you know, pints of blood. I think it's really hot when someone like takes off a finger and... <laughs> we got Dexter over here. See some 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 of those people are into that you know it's true now dakota have you shot for kink is is that one of the places you've been to um kink was actually the first studio that i filmed with so you went to like the mecca of fetish um what drew you there what like and how did 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 exploring that at this that studio add to you or was it just you know dollars on the table well so i filmed my first scene with kink it was for bound in public when I was 18, um, getting gangbanged by 
seven different guys and then pissed on and everything was wonderful. Um, I had actually gotten into kink when I was 16. Um, I had a master and a sir that I served for three years. And so I was already, you know, you know prevy <laughs> to the scene. So this, this um, is something you explored personally. Bringing it to film was just sort of a next step or something? Um, yeah, it was something that I wanted to explore. Um, I keep saying the reason that I got into porn was because I was tired of watching porn and being very, very bored with it. Mm. And being, you know, very, you know, so that you had that moment where like, act. I could do this better. It just happened to be with, you know, gangbangs and, and fisting. It, exactly. I, I mainly wanted to go into something that I knew that I was comfortable with already. So I picked, you know, Fetish. a site that, you know. Um, I think, and this is, this is funny. I always, I always, I just, and I tease him because actually I, I have no judgment. I think that the work that Dakota's done and everyone at Kink has done, in fact, Kink is actually one of the studios that you'll hear me talk about is doing things right. Except we do got to talk about the whole James Dean thing at some point. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, if you're on mm-hmm. set, you still have the ability to say no. If you're on set, yes. you still have the ability to consent or not consent, especially in fetish play, which is actually built on active consent. But, you know, like I said, we, we, we can parse those things out. Um, but I always tease Dakota because there is a scene and I, I don't think it's him, but it looked just like him of a guy duct taped to like the cinder pillar in a, in a kitchen. Um, and it was one of those like, f- like frat paddish things. Um, so I always, I always tease him about that, but I mean, Dakota, yeah, is that the kind of that thing one, that you actually like to the, do? Like, is that part of your own fetish? Yes, that, that is part of my fetish. Um, that performer was not me. Um, but I did get to see him get tied up and, I got to see the ramifications of what duct tape can do to your body when you're tied up like that. Um, so I wouldn't really consider doing duct tape. Um, that had to be really the, brutal coming off. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he kind of had like welts on his body for a couple of days. So, okay. So, how, so here's yeah. a good, here's a good thing. So you have done, and, and you're not just in your scene history, but in your personal life, you've done a lot of things that people might go, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so rather than them judging you, like, let's take it back a step and say, how do you, what would you say to someone who's like, I, I kind of want to try that. What's a good way to sort of ease yourself into that? And how do you do it safely and healthfully? Um, first things first, I believe you should do your research. Um, if you think you're into something, definitely look it up online. Um, Try to find videos of it, you know, and maybe not porn videos of it, but like actual exactly. videos. Okay, familiarize yourself with it. Um, yeah, I have, second, to, just, I have I, to say to, uh, to that point: um, when you when most people shoot porn, they the, reality doesn't come into things. Um, oh so no, no, I, nobody that I know actually enjoys the pile driver. I'll just throw that out there. Dakota, maybe I mean, I don't know if you do, <laughs> uh, but yeah, keep um, going. So, so do some research, watch some videos. What else can they do? Um. I would definitely, especially with all the gay hookup apps and whatever, um, there are sites out there for S&M people. Um, and I think you should, you know, try and find someone who is also into that, but someone who is experienced in that fetish. Um, for this, actually, there is a website, FetLife, um, that from all the people that I know that are into the different communities on there, um, and actually one of the professors of sociology and who, who actually does research on fetishes, you know, kind of recommends it as well. That can be a good place to get your toes wet 
I wouldn't even say feet wet, but get, you know, kind of dangle, dangle your feet in the water and, and check it out a little bit. There's also an application. Um, it's called recon, which is also a site. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found that to be a good site. Um, it's a little iffy depending on what city you're in because some cities wouldn't have. Yeah. As it's going to geography is going to be a big thing. Exactly. As many users. I, um, I used to live where the closest big city was 70 miles away. And I think the closest grinder ping was at least that far. So <laughs> uh, yeah, be careful. Be careful. There is of course the thing. And actually leads us into our next point, which is that you need to reveal your fetish to your partner thoughtfully. Um, so I'll turn this over to the angel. Um, Who's mm-hmm. never had sex ever. Ever. I haven't even kissed a boy yet. Oh my gosh. I know. Do you make out with your hand to practice? Um, I mean, I tried it, but like, I don't want my hand to like, my hand's still virgin. <laughs> so, um, but like, I mean, uh, Brendan, it, this is, this is, it's hard. It's hard to talk about these kind of things. Like, how do you talk to someone about something that you're not even sure that, that you understand completely? Um, I'm actually really, really bad at this. Um, the weeks well, of silence in between conversations has, you know, I, yeah, I understand that. Thank you. Thank you so much for the shade. Anyway. This is a shady podcast. I mean, we're in the shady part of the room. Oh, actually speaking of the shady part of the room. So we walk in the door from uh, getting dinner and he turns to me. So what are we going to do this? Your bedroom? But I'm bummed. Ha ha. Ha ha. Anyway. So speaking of telling that your partner that you're into something, what do you? Okay. Well, so with the current guy that I'm seeing, how did it even come up? Um, it was less telling him, more kind of showing him. Ooh, that's a an little interesting bit. point. Yeah. Uh, so we were just doing like mutual masturbation at one point, like towards the end of like our thing. And he kind of had his like arm around me to where uh, his hand was on the back of my neck, but the front of his bicep was on the front of my neck. And I kind of was like pulling it in closer. Okay. So you kind of led into the discussion quite literally with a little show. Yeah. Little show and tell Dakota. I mean, obviously it doesn't quite work that way when you're getting into other things. Like you don't kind of just show up with whips and chains and be like, um, let me show you something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, how do you, how do you have that conversation with people that you, you, you either hook up with or dating or having, you know, friends with benefits with? Um. Be completely honest with them. Be straight up with them. Um, don't hold it back and don't try to sneak it in there because that's just going to make things more awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, on, I always believe never go into anything with a plan. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Plans never work. <laughs> you know, don't say, okay, I plan to be tied up. I plan for this. Don't ever do that because that's just going to make things very, very awkward make everything flow. Sex is very fluid. <laughs> if you are doing some of the extreme fetishes, then the contracting process is important for those. Right. Um, but what as you're saying is in, you... in the initial discovery phase, you know, kind of don't, don't set up a plan, maybe just sort of set up exploration, playtime kind of a thing. Yes. Okay. All right. Playtime. playtime. What, I like that. That is yeah. what should be said. <laughs> I'm 22 and I still don't know everything that I'm into. 
Yeah, well, I, mean, I will tell you this. Uh, the the I have two I have two youngins and then old man me. Um, you don't figure shit out right away. Even you know, even if you started at sixteen like Dakota, uh, you know, you're every every moment of your life you're evolving. Your brain doesn't you know get plastic till twenty five, and then I'm thirty five, and I'm still like, oh fuck, what am I doing? Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I, fetish, I think, is one of the areas where you can totally explore it the rest of your life and never plumb the depths of it. Uh, Brendan's looking at me like he's constipated or going to say something. <laughs> constipated with good thoughts, I should say. Oh, no, I was just going to say, for me, as an awkward, awkward person, it is very hard to talk to someone, even if you're with them, to be like, hey, so, like, I kind of want to try this because, like, for me, at least, like, I'm so afraid the other person's gonna be like, well, can we like not have sex ever again? I think okay. the best, the best time to bring it up is a completely random moment. I was gonna say, actually, the solution was in what Brendan said, uh, when he's very hard, that might be a good time to bring it up. No, I don't even think that. I think what about when we're really do- drunk at the end of a night, just be like, hey, have you ever wanted to try this? Because my one friend was talking about it. A friend of a friend. A friend of a friend. No, because alcohol is never a good time to bring up. Yes, thank you. Because actually that's one of the points is that it's not really a fetish if it requires alcohol or drugs in order for you to get into it. Um, just like it's not really a porn scene if it requires alcohol don't, or drugs to get into it. Don't get me started. Yeah, well, we could, yeah, we could go on about that. There are some dark holes out there, and I don't mean the good kind. Um, I've actually, in fact, people, people that have been on the podcast, people that, you know, like, and people that I know have been stuck in these kind of places. In fact, Ava Keating, um, came on when, uh, last year and she told us a little bit about how she got started. And that was definitely like the shithole of the shithole of <laughs> the porn circle. So th- yeah, there's, there's problems, but yeah, no, please. If, if it requires drug or alcohol, there's other things going on. Have a little talk therapy, um, talk it out. And, uh, you know, that, that kind of is a good way to explore it. But, um, but what Brendan's kind of, I think, hitting on is that... It, I wasn't saying that I wanted to do it while I was drunk, but I was just saying, like... Well, don't be afraid to bring it up and also, like, use use off times. Like, actually, I was making a joke. Like, don't wait until, like, you know, we're mid-sex and then go, hey, I want to do this, and then throw it at some. Like, some of this oh, things like should be talked about. Did. What What did your first boyfriend do? He was literally like... Well, not first boyfriend, but the first guy that I actually had, like, sex with. He was like... Oh yeah, by the way, I like tying up the other person. So I'm going to tie you up right now. And I yeah, was like, that, oh. No. Yeah, that would be a no. Right, Dakota, that would be a no. No, 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 no. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll attempt this. Yeah, I mean, consent, this is actually a really important topic. This is good Good that we brought this up. Consent involves, you know, active, ongoing, and interested. And also, it has to be sort of, uh, you know, explained at some time. So if someone's never done a fetish and you want them to be part of it, you actually have a responsibility to educate them through the process and also not put them into the deep end or force them to do it or try to literally rope them into it. Yes. Uh-huh. Bad once started. <laughs> well, um, as, as Brendan found out that there was actually, you know, some, some fun things there. And I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, I think that I said it. And so I'm of course going to you know hit on it more, but playtime, it's all about playtime. You, you know, you have to explore these things. So don't be afraid to talk about it. Definitely talk about it, but definitely explore it. Like I actually, it's weird. I don't like spanking videos at all. Like I, I like dominant type things, but just the actual like spanking, like gets me kind of weird after a time. But um, there was a guy that I was hooking up with and he just decided to start smacking me 
one night mm-hmm. kind of playfully and it actually turned into something that was kind of enjoyable so it's interesting that like just because you see it and you're like ew ah, mm, doesn't mean that like when you explore it and play it now of course i mean i didn't want to be read about it but there was definitely right. like a lack of control giving up control and i tend to be a very dominant person most of the time in fact i'm told that i talk that way and i don't mean to um mm-hmm. but you know it's it's important to kind of discover those things also um i would say don't go half-assed though so if you're if you're into playing with it um that sounds really bad but if you're into playtime and this happens half-assed and playing with it yeah this happened, this happened oh. to me as well like a, a a guy put his hand on my throat but then like just kind of set it there and i'm like i'm like leaning into it i'm like giving him all the signals like go ahead go ahead and i was just no so I don't think you can be kind of limp-wristed or limp-dicked about some of these things. Dakota, what do you think? Um, it depends on what you're trying out. Um, you know, if someone inexperienced says, hey, I want to try tying you up, you need to, you know, feel Are you saying the out. inexperienced person is wanting to tie you up? Yeah. You need, you yeah. need to feel that out because some, yeah. some tying up, you know, if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. we have special knots for that. So we can get you out of it instantly and you can be comfortable. I think you brought up a really good point. There are things that require mastery. Yes. And when you get to those, you need a master. And we don't even mean that in a dominant submissive way, although that can be fun. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, the dominant, you know, has the control at the time. But if the sub says no or the safe word, guess what? Everything needs to stop. And if it that- doesn't stop... That is the most interesting thing about subs. And I will not tell you that Brendan is a sub at all, but I will say that subs are actually the ultimate ones control. So people who are the biggest control freaks actually usually tend up to be the ones who are the most into submission that I found psychologically speaking. Um, I think we're going to bring it on home, bring it to a close. Um, I have to thank my two co-hosts for joining me today. Uh, Dakota, let let us know, where can we find you? What's your, your Twitter, your handles? Like if we want to ask questions or, or just continue the conversation, where can they find you? You can follow me on Twitter, um, twitter.com slash Dakota underscore wolf with an E triple X. Dakota underscore wolf triple X. I always forget that underscore and I'm like, where the fuck is he? I know everyone does. Yeah. So, but don't change it or anything. Don't make it easy for us. No. And uh, Brendan, where can we find you? And uh, do you have any things that are coming up that we should kind of look out for? Uh, first I will say the social medias. I have an Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and YouTube, and all of them are the Brendan John. Uh, don't judge me for the the in the beginning. I didn't choose it. Anyway, (laughs) um, I am working on some cover videos. I actually did a Periscope. Earlier. Oh yeah, you can check that out on uh, both uh, at the Brendan John and at Dean Sage Media. There's uh, different takes of the recording mm-hmm. process. And I'm also going to post a little 15 second snippet of it on Instagram. Oh, might even post it on YouTube. I don't know. No, probably not YouTube. I'll I'll wait for the actual cover of it. Yeah, probably a good choice. Um, and I'm working on some music that will hopefully be ready to come out this summer. Been working on it for a little while so and remember you can catch both of my lovely co-hosts in the dirty music video that i shot uh so that's like the the intersection point for all of us and that was mickey taylor's one and so the the extra pair of hands that uh is actually groping and choking mickey that belongs to dakota which is pretty fitting i think <laughs> <clears throat> Um, well, we want to just thank everybody for joining in. Remember, the conversation continues on Twitter at GaySexCast at Dean Sage Media. Let me know what's going on. Uh, but from everyone here at GSC Friday, we want to say have a great weekend. <laughs>